What's up, everyone? This is Buck Green standing in for Jeff Anderson in this week's podcast. As I'm recording this, Jeff is actually attending a combat PTSD retreat for Operation Warrior Resolution. This is a very important charity, and you can do your part to donate to this cause by visiting mcsmagazine.com slash OWR. Uh, no amount is too small to help. Okay, with that said, this week we're going to talk about tactical knives, specifically tactical folders. I love tactical knives, and I carry them, and so does just about everybody else. If you don't, but it's legal for you to do so, you should be doing so. Still, like anything, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that, and we're going to talk this week about the wrong way. Specifically, we're going to talk about five tactical knife don'ts. Before we go any farther, remember that you can pick up your handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet of notes for today's show at mcsmagazine.com slash 270. That's 270. There you'll find a summary of everything we cover in today's podcast. Okay, ready to dig into it? Then let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. All right, the, the first tactical knife don't I want to cover is one of the more obvious ones, and that is do not carry it visibly in your pocket. Uh, most people, when they carry a tactical knife, just put it in their, their right front pocket if they're right-handed, or I suppose your left if you're left-handed. Um, that's fine, and it's very convenient, and lots of people do it. But I know when I'm out and about, and I'm looking around me and trying to assess, I play this game, who's armed, who's not. I like to spot people who are carrying concealed. Uh, I like to spot people who are carrying other kinds of weapons. One of my favorite examples of that was... I was in one of those uh, rest stops on the New York State Thruway. This is a big highway that cuts across New York State from west to east for a good portion of the state. And there are these large rest areas along the way that are really these little complexes with restaurants and bathrooms and gas stations and a bunch of other things. They're really quite nice by the standards of roadside pit stops. And I was in a restaurant. It was like a like a Roy Rogers or something like that, an actual sit-down restaurant in one of these rest stops. And I saw a guy go by me. He was probably a truck driver, although I couldn't say that for sure. Uh, I've known enough truck drivers over the years. I had a friend for many years who drove over the road. Uh, and they all kind of have the same look about them. Uh, you know, a lot of them are carrying... Uh, very nice, very expensive headsets for their phones and stuff like that. But anyway, I saw a guy, and he was wearing a vest, and the vest had ridden up on his back, and he had a fixed-blade knife on his belt but over his back pocket so that most of the knife was concealed by the fabric of the back pocket, and the vest would have covered the handle, but because it had it had ridden up and gotten caught behind the handle of the knife, suddenly his knife was exposed. I saw that, and strictly speaking, it's probably not legal to conceal a knife that way in this state, although our knife laws are so vague it's hard to say, really. But uh, he ended up uh, covering that up because the next time I saw him go by, he had discovered his mistake and concealed his knife again, and you would not have known. I, I got to see it exposed and not exposed, and I'm like, wow, yeah, that's actually concealed pretty well. We're talking, however, about folding knives, and the, the tactical folding knife is the sort of the lowest common denominator of, of knives that are meant for utility and possible self-defense. That's the whole concept behind the tactical folder. It's why they became so popular. Most of us are not engaged in knife fights on a daily basis. Most of us will never be engaged in a knife fight, God willing. Um, so when we buy these knives, we're buying something that a lot of people treat like a really nice box cutter. They open their mail with it, they open packages with it, they break down the occasional cardboard box. 
We're going to talk about why you shouldn't do that, but that, that comes later. Right now, let's uh, talk about why you shouldn't carry it visibly in your front pocket, where it is most convenient. You know, that's the most convenient draw for a tactical folder. I'm a right-handed guy. Carrying a knife in my right front pocket is really convenient. Um, make sure you don't carry anything else in your pocket when you do that uh, because you're just going to scratch up your knife and foul your, foul your draw. I've, I've never understood people who were carrying a knife in their pocket and had other stuff in that pocket, but be that as it may, when somebody sees that knife there, uh, and I look for it all the time, and you do too, I'm willing to bet that you notice when other people carry knives, because we're knife people. My first thought is always, oh, I wonder what brand that is. I saw a guy just the other day, I was in the Lego store in the mall looking for a specific missing piece that my nephew needs for some Lego set of his, and he lost a piece, and they let you buy individual pieces at the Lego store. Well, I was in the Lego store, and I see a guy there with his kid, and he had a tactical folder in his right front front pocket. And I remember thinking, ooh, I, I wonder what brand that is. I don't recognize that particular knife. But that's what got me to thinking about this. When somebody sees the knife in your pocket, they know how to foul your draw. Like, I, if, if I had to fight that guy, I know for a fact where he's carrying his weapon. I know that I want to stop him from getting his hand on that knife and deploying that knife. So you're giving away valuable tactical information about how you're defending yourself or potentially defending yourself when your knife is visible. But there's a much more insidious reason for not carrying your knife visibly. And that is that if somebody sees you're carrying a knife, they can hassle you for it. A guy who sees you have a knife could easily walk up to a police officer and go, Officer, that man threatened me with that knife. You know, Say you get into a road rage incident with somebody on the road. Then you stop at this fabled uh, roadside rest stop and you're in there at the Roy Rogers and that same guy happened to park there and he sees that you have a knife. He could walk up to the authorities and go, Officer, that guy threatened me. That guy uh, tried to intimidate me with his knife. Now, it's your word against his, but the fact that he's telling the guy you have a knife and you have a knife looks like evidence. It looks like proof of the claim. It can potentially cause you a lot of problems. Uh, years ago, I got into trouble because I used a knife in front of a coworker to open the strap on a box of paper, and they reported me to my manager for having an illegal weapon at work. Well, there's not a whole lot you can do about concealing the use of a knife. Either you use it or you don't use it. But carrying a knife where it could be seen in that environment would easily have gotten me in a lot of trouble. What I've taken to doing over the last several years as the legal climate around knives has gotten worse and worse is I carry my knife in my waistband under an untucked shirt. Um, part of that is due to the fact that I'm not the thinnest guy in the world. And a lot of us have that problem as we get older, but really the untucked shirt is your best friend when it comes to concealing hardware like that. So I carry my knife in my waistband. This does require that you sort of relearn your draw. You're never going to get the knife out as quickly when it's right in your pocket right there as you will when the knife is under your shirt. But that's exactly like drawing from concealment with a handgun. You're never going to draw your knife as quickly, or your gun rather, a gun that's right on your belt, exposed for all the world to see. The draw on that's always going to be faster than if you're carrying concealed like in the appendix carry, which is where this type of knife carry is equivalent to. Um, I'm right-handed. I carry my knife really close to the the pelvic girdle. It's very close to my belt buckle. It's right there where your hands naturally fall on the body. And if I had to get it out with my left hand, I could. It's close enough that I can get my left hand across my body and, and draw the knife. However, that brings us to don't number two. A lot of guys carry more than one knife, and it's very tempting to carry two of the identical knives, so you've got a match set. 
Uh, because most of the knife makers in the world make it really easy to switch the clip on the knife for right or left hand, and some of them even let you switch from tip up to tip down. I'm not going to get into that debate. That's not what this is about. You carry what makes you comfortable. Tip up, tip down, I don't care. But what you shouldn't do is give in to the temptation to set up one of those knives as your left-hand knife and one of those knives as your right-hand knife. That is because when you need to get to your knife, let's say you've fallen on one arm and you can't get that arm to the knife, or your arm is injured, or your hand is injured. Let's say the tendons of your hand just got cut because somebody slashed you and you're trying to get your own knife. Well, that that hand is now useless as a hand. It's not going to grip the knife. Uh, Any number of reasons why you might not be able to use one of your hands. Uh, If you have a knife set up for right hand and a knife set up for left hand, You have to learn four separate draws. That's right hand with right hand knife, left hand with left hand knife, or right hand with left hand knife, and left hand with right hand knife. Uh, Starting to get confused yet? If instead, both the knives are set up the same way, they're both call them right-handed knives. You know that to draw and open the knife with your right hand requires one movement. To draw and open the same knife with your left hand requires a different movement, But it's just the two draws. You've got your right hand draw and your left hand draw with the same knife set up the same way. It may be riding in different positions on one side or the other so that it's closer to your hand and more accessible. But the mechanics of the draw are not different. You're not flipping your hand over in a certain way uh, that you wouldn't have to, uh, you know, depending on the configuration of the knife. So keep it simple when it comes to self-defense knives. Always plan for the worst case scenario. And that means reducing the number of draws to the minimum possible. In this case, right and left, because you have just the two hands. Now, if one of you weirdos out there has a third arm, okay, you've got three draws to learn, but (laughs) that's your problem. All right, uh, the don't number three. Let's 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 talk about don't number three, and that is, don't put it in your pocket and forget about it. Uh, what I mean by that is, uh, a lot of guys they'll, they'll buy a knife, uh, and if they're smart, they're they're using that knife just for self defense carry. We're going to talk about that too. Don't worry. But that means the knife just kind of sits there. It's in your waistband. It's in your pocket. However you tend to carry, mine is in my waistband every day. I don't use it for anything other than protecting me. So it would be very easy to just put it there and forget all about it. Well, the thing you have to remember is knives wear over time, even if you're just opening and closing them periodically. Also, knives get dirty when you carry them on your person. So you're going to get lint in there. You're going to get debris. You're going to get a buildup of of the gook of your daily travels. It, uh, you know, Any knife that you carry in your clothing develops that lint and that gunk. The same thing happens to guns that you carry inside your waistband, by the way. You should be cleaning those periodically even if you haven't fired them to get that debris out of there. It's especially bad with pocket pistols for obvious reasons. So you've got your knife. Uh, another thing to be aware of, besides just the debris buildup, which you should be cleaning out periodically, is that, uh, especially on liner locks, but on all locking mechanisms, if you open and close the knife, and all of us play with our knives, even if we're not quote-unquote using them, we play with them, and you should be practicing with them. You should be practicing the draw, practicing the opening, practicing the deployment of the knife. Um, the, The metal of the lock wears over time. You can see this on a liner lock. With the liner lock, it's a bent piece of metal that interfaces with the blade tang and holds everything in place. A good, well-made liner lock is angled to allow for wear of the liner. So 
as the liner wears down, it moves further and further to the right on the blade tang, but the blade tang is angled to compensate for that, to keep the lock up tight. On a cheap knife, there's not as much compensation. So the the liner will wear and migrate all the way from the left side all the way over to the right-hand side of the knife, sometimes even on the other side of the blade tang so that the blade will collapse. That, you know, a cheap liner lock has that problem. That's one of the reasons cheap liner locks are particularly dangerous. The same problem happens with a rocker bar locking folder. That's like the the lock on the back of your typical Buck 110 or your Spyderco Endura or Spyderco Delica. I've seen them referred to as a mid-lock before, but really that mechanism is a rocker bar locking folder mechanism. It's basically a prong of metal that interfaces with a cutout on the blade tang on the top. And so when you press down on the leaf spring, which holds everything under tension, you're bringing that peg up out of the notch in the blade tang and it allows the blade to close. Well, if the peg starts to wear, it's not going to lock up as solidly in that notch on the blade tang, and you'll have the same problem. The more it wears, the more the knife could pop free of the peg and then close on your fingers. So with any knife, no matter what the locking mechanism, uh, you need to be taking it out periodically and examining it, making sure the lockup is still strong, still secure, still tight, cleaning the knife periodically to take any debris out of there. That's extremely important. Just... Treat your knives the way you should be treating your guns, and that is clean them and inspect them periodically, even if you haven't done anything with them in particular, because if you're carrying it, it's subject to all of those potential problems. Um, periodic maintenance, periodic inspection, that's all it takes to keep your knife uh, looking good, feeling good, you know, running nicely. Just, just take the time to inspect it, all right? Okay, we talked about the first three tactical knife don'ts so far. Don't carry it visibly, don't switch the clip if you carry a second knife, and don't just put the knife in your pocket and forget it. When we come back, we're going to talk about one drawback you may not have considered when it comes to shoulder harness knives. Uh, we'll also cover what I think is the single most frequently violated don't of tactical folders. Uh, first, though, please stand by for this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350 pound biker dude, rage in his eyes, ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid. Isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you in your free DVD, you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back. 
Um, I feel like when I said, please stand by, I said, like, please spand by. That sort of thing happens. Um, I don't know. <laughs> the next don't for tactical knives is one you may not have thought of. And it's the inherent risk when it comes to shoulder harness carry. Now, at MCS Magazine, we have shown, uh, and it's not a new idea, the idea didn't originate with us, how you take paracord and rig up a shoulder harness uh, for any knife that has a sheath that has grommets on it. Anything you can run through the holes on the sheath, uh, you can make a shoulder harness knife out of. You can also take any belt carry knife, run the cord through the belt loop, carry the knife um, upright instead of inverted, and you have a shoulder harness for a knife. The, the, if it has a leg tie-down, you can even run that tie-down through your belt. You can make pretty elaborate shoulder carry for just about any knife. And when it comes to folders, that's also true because you can make easily uh, a shoulder harness for a knife that like I've seen them made out of Kydex. I've even seen them that you could purchase for certain specific brands of knife. If you go on eBay, sometimes you can find Kydex uh, sheaths for folding knives. I've had them made for certain folding knives that I own, and I've made them myself out of Kydex. It's really not hard. It's actually pretty simple because you're not dealing with a whole lot of material. It just has to grab the top portion of the knife and hold it there securely enough so that it won't fall out for when you grab it and then pop the blade open. It's really convenient. It's really comfortable. It's a really easy way to put that knife up where you can grab it. Uh, That's why shoulder harnesses are so popular with so many people. The problem with shoulder harness carry of a knife, though, is the same problem with shoulder harness carry of a gun. Now, I know there are a lot of uh, tactical shooting instructors out there who don't like shoulder holsters because it's nearly impossible to draw the gun without sweeping the barrel over somebody or something you didn't want to cover. With knives, that's not as big. A, that's not a problem. You're not worrying about whether or not the blade is pointing at anyone necessarily, but you're you're doing the same motion. There's a psychological trigger effect associated with shoulder harness carry of a knife. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying you need to understand that psychologically, when you reach under a cover garment towards your other armpit, we've all been conditioned by movies and television to see that as a move for a weapon. So much so that like you'll see movies where a guy reaches in to get something out of the inside pocket of his jacket and has to go real slow because it looks like he's drawing for a weapon. Well, I'm not saying that if you have a knife and not a gun, a guy with a gun is going to see you drawing your weapon and shoot you and therefore you shouldn't carry that way. That's not my point. It's kind of a that would be kind of a silly point. Uh, if you're carrying a knife, you're, you had better be close enough to touch somebody who has a gun if you're even thinking of using that knife uh, against the guy with the gun in the first place. That's not my point. My point is that you are telegraphing your movement when you reach in for that shoulder harness knife. So you need to understand that that's what happens when you go to deploy the knife. Your knife somewhere else on your body, the movement is not as telegraphic. It's not as obvious that what you're doing is deploying a weapon. But when you go to draw a shoulder harness knife, understand that you're showing everybody watching you. You're you're conceivably letting them know, even people who aren't particularly weapon savvy, that you're going for a weapon. Uh, And that's because, again, movies and TV were conditioned to look for that movement. Um, All right. That's four. The fifth one is the one that is the most frequently abused, and it's the don't that I think is probably the most important from a functional standpoint. And that is, don't use your tactical folder knife for utility tasks. Um, I, I know that that's the whole point of the tactical folder. Tactical folders were invented so that you could have a knife that you used for your daily knife stuff that would also make a great weapon when you needed it. 
and and that's not that's not wrong. I'm you know there's plenty of people who well I used my knife and then I had to use it to defend myself and I don't, I don't know who those people are and I don't know if they're going to write in or not. But my point is, you want your knife ideally in a self defense situation to be as sharp as humanly possible. If you just spent the day breaking down cardboard boxes with your tactical folder. It's going to be dull. It's going to be duller than it would have been otherwise. And for self-defense, you need your knife to be as sharp as humanly possible. That's why you should be maintaining your knife. That's why you should make sure that there are some cheap knives that go dull just sitting there. I swear you stare at them funny and they turn dull. Um, with a with a well-made tactical knife, and it, they don't have to be super expensive, you spend 50, 60 bucks on a tactical knife, chances are pretty good. You've got a, a decent one with decent heat treat, made out of decent steel. It's not just going to go dull when it's not being used. However... Cutting a lot of cardboard, which is the most frequent thing I think a lot of people cut, you know, packages and stuff. We all do mail order these days. Um, using it for other utility tasks, cutting rope, cutting paracord. Uh, granted, you'd have to cut quite a bit of paracord before you'd see a noticeable dulling of most knives. If you use your knife for utility, you're going to make it duller. So rather than use your self-defense knife for that, just carry a second utility knife. I carry a Swiss Army knife into my pocket. That is the knife that I use most frequently, and I have to sharpen it all the time because I'm constantly using it to open packages and do everything else that I do with a knife. The upside of carrying that second utility knife, too, is that you're not afraid to abuse it a little bit. You know, like, like well, this is kind of a dirty, gunky job. You know, I don't, I'm digging something out of the sole of my shoe, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. You don't have to worry about your really nice, expensive tactical knife. You can just use your utility knife and then clean it as best you can. I bent one of the tools on my Swiss Army knife prying with it. I'd much rather bend a $30 uh, Swiss Army super tinker than I would a, you know, a really nice Spyderco or something like that. Like it's, it's better to damage the utility knife than it is to damage your tactical folder. So we've all done it. We'll all continue to do it. Just keep in mind that if you use your tactical folder for utility purposes and you make the knife dull, you're putting yourself in a worse position when it comes to self-defense. All right, that's it. That is my list of five tactical knife don'ts. Jeff Anderson will return soon. Uh, In the meantime, this is Buck Green telling you to prepare, train, and survive. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.